You've tuned in to a four-headed sausage production. Don't touch that dial. Stay tuned in because your favorite program is coming up next. Hello? Hello? Is this, uh, is, is this, do, do I go? Do, we're, we're going? Okay. Uh, he- hello, hello everybody. My name is, uh, uh, do I say his name? Oh, okay. Start again. Okay. Camp, no? No? Oh, we're going. Oh, we're rolling. Oh, okay. He- uh, hello everybody. Uh, welcome to... Uh, my my mind with uh, Stephen Taylor, and uh, this this week we've um, decided to go with a different uh, approach. And uh, well, well, let's hope l- let's hope we all in, enjoy. Is that too close? Okay, come back, come back, come 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 back. Okay, okay. Uh, let let's go ahead and uh, start the show. What, uh, what, what, what what's the line? What what's what's the line? Okay. Say again. Oh oh, um, he's okay. So, sorry, I'll stop. Hello, hello, hello. Was that too much? That's too high. Sorry about that other guy. That was really... That's the last time I kind of outsourced the intro. Hey? Ha <laughs> uh, ha. No, in all honesty, welcome back to another exciting, enthralling week. If, if anything, it's really enthralling this week um, of the My Mind with Stephen Taylor podcast. It's a show all about... What would you say it's about? It's about what happens to me in a week. And... What can happen in the future and, and my awesome perspective on things. I just did the double thumb send. That's when you know you're in for a rocking time and I double thumb it. Ooh, that was strange. Um, but look, we're here now and we're, we're doing okay. We made it. We made it to another week, which, um, yeah, you know, it's been good. It's been a good week because there's been a lot of things that are starting to come together, like Marvel's uh, What If is starting to come out, uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings is starting to um, starting to get a lot more hype with the, um, a lot more hype and a lot more build up around it, which is going to be really cool. Simi Liu, shout out Simi Liu, like he's going to be a cool, um, he's going to be a cool addition to the Marvel franchise. I actually watched him in this Canadian show called Kim's Convenience. I've got like a soft spot for um asian uh kind of comedy or asian action movies or anything like korean or or japanese or thai or uh chinese you know am i missing a country vietnamese i like vietnamese i think my favorite like south asian accent would be like vietnamese yeah for sure good good they thought they did you know like it you get your hand off my egg custard you know, that's no, more Korean. That would actually be more Korean. Um, Vietnamese, you want to buy me? You want to buy me? That would be more Vietnamese. You want some fa? 
you want some fa. Yeah. Sorry to the Asian demographic that listened to this show. I was just, um, I am Asian. So not that it gives me a pass, but it makes it a little bit more okay. I mean, I'm no um, Uncle Roger. I can't start an internet phenomenon, phenomenon through creating a, a really um, Asian character. And I don't think I would want to, but I'm more than happy to watch it. And, you know, like I think I've said it before, I can't really knock a hustle, but, you know, he's making good. Yeah, that Nigel Nunn. Nigel Nunn. Mm, mm. Yeah, I like his whole, I like his whole, his whole bit. Yeah. But I really like, I think my favorite type of comedy is like situation comedy like Ricky Gervais style, like really awkward, just creating an awkward situation. I really like that. And um, it would probably be comedy based on based on stereotypes. I love a good stereotype. And I think the best thing about stereotypes is as much as like people don't want to be like, oh, I don't want to be stereotypical and go to the gym three days a week. But there's like so much... Like that, like people fight stereotypes so much, but they still end up doing it because it's like a part of their culture. It's like you know, Asian people, you know, it's a stereotype that you know we eat a lot of rice, and it's true. <laughs> we'll never stop eating rice. Like we eat a lot of rice and we eat a lot of eggs. Like that's just the way it is. I knew it. I knew it. I, I'm sitting here thinking the same thing you are. You're like he's going to say dog, isn't he? Nah, nah, because that only happens in some Asian culture. Mm. But it would happen, but it happened to white people as well. Like they ate horses. They still eat horses to this day, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So don't get all on your high horse about Asians eating lovable pets. Cause I'm sure horses are very lovable pets as well. Like don't count them out. You know, we're all, we've all got sins in our culture, in all cultures. You know, you can't just like pick on us for eating dogs and cats all the time. Just because we have stuff that translates or like reads like it's a cat or a dog doesn't mean we eat it, you know? Just some words sound the same as your English words. That's just the way it is. I can't stop that. It's years, years, it happened years and years and years ago, you know? I bet you're actually interested to see when was like the first instance? When was like that stereotype created where someone was just like, Asians eat dogs? <laughs> they're just like, yeah, yeah, they eat cats. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. No, 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 I heard it through a friend. Like he was there. He was at this, I, I can only imagine it was in like the 1940s or the 1950s and I was spreading like propaganda about like China and Japan and they were like, hey, you know what I heard on the front lines the other day? Wait, what, what'd you hear? Japanese dog. No way. No way. They don't eat, they don't, they don't, they don't eat dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, I seen them front lines. Yeah. They, they were eating a, they were eating a dog. No way. Like a hot dog. No, 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 no. Like, like a dog dog. What are you, what are you talking about? Like a Jersey dog, like a New York dog. Maybe even like, like a loaded dog. What was their buns? Yeah, they were buns, but they were dog buns. What like, what what are you, what are you saying, Mark? <laughs> they were eating dogs, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. They were eating dogs. 
be interesting to see like how that how that started where like that that stigma came from because it's such a stain and a blight on like our culture it's like when you're Australian and you pick on New Zealand people for like having um, relations with sheep we all know it's not true but there was just one guy that was like you know, super affection towards his sheep. And then some dude just put two and two together. I was like, yeah, that guy's having sex with his sheep. Yeah. Hey, bro. You know, I won't do a Kiwi accent because it's, it's not, it's not fair because I'm not Kiwi. Even though I've been mistaken for Kiwi. I think the, the going on a tangent, but I think the thing that I've been like mistaken, I think the, the strangest thing, the most common I get mistaken for with, the, the, the way I look is um, generally either Kiwi or um, yeah, definitely Kiwi. <laughs> I don't get Asian a lot, which I'm, you know, I was okay with at a young age, but now I like, I like my culture a lot more. Um, and it, that happened with the evolution of being a chef as well. You know, like I evolved to, you know, really like the food that is in my culture as well. It's so fresh. Everything's fresh. Um, Anyway, yeah, like the strangest um, ethnicity, ethnic, ethnicity, ethnicity that I've been mistaken for is probably definitely Native American. <laughs> I, worked, I think I don't know if I've told this story before. I tell this story a lot, but he was like, "Man, you look, come on, dude, you look like a, you look like a freaking Navajo." <laughs> I was like. Well, I'm sorry, what? He's like, you're like a Native American, man. You're like a Native Indian. That's what you look like. And then like all through, I think I, I had like a text exchange with him and he just like put the hand up and was like, how? And, like, <laughs> and I, I said to him, <laughs> I said to him one night, we were like having a beer or whatever. And he was like, oh, are you going to get another drink? And I was like, oh. The river has run dry <laughs> to, say, to say like there was no more, no more alcohol because we'd been, not been, we'd been cut off, but they were closing. And he was like, how? <laughs> yeah, he was a cool dude. I'm actually keen to see him soon. I think he's coming back over this way soon. I think he's like a little bit Navajo as well. So it's okay for him to say it. Yeah, but that was like the strangest one I get. I get like Mexican a lot, actually. I worked with this one dude who like um, would always say like, oh man, like your mum or dad must be Mexican. Like you don't look like your, your parents. Not that he'd ever seen my parents, but he was like, yeah, you know, you look, you look like a Mexican. I was like, oh, okay, whatever, dude. Whatever, man. Like you're trying to like have like this big joke that no one else is on board with. You hate that one person that like, just clings onto a joke. If like one person laughs, that's like their staple for the rest of their time. You know what I mean? Like they don't stop riding that train. They're just like, every time they see it, they're like, oh, you're the guy. You're the guy that, you're the guy that wears odd socks. Isn't that right, Jerry? You remember? Jerry, 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 Jerry. You remember this guy, odd socks? Yeah, yeah. Pretty funny, hey? It's like, mate, it was eight years ago. It was eight years ago, and I had a cast on my left hand. Of course I was wearing odd socks. I wasn't going through it. Couldn't get that right. Relax. Don't let back off, Jerry. Back back off, Jerry. You know? Anyway. Um, yeah, so there's, like, heaps coming out this year, actually. There's, like, so much, 
like Marvel related comic. I think um, they they did like a teaser. They shot like a teaser for not a teaser. Um, or let there be carnage. The Venom sequels coming out. That's pretty cool. Um, it's actually interesting to see that whole universe develop around the Marvel universe, but not directly involved in the Marvel universe. Yeah, it's a strange thing. I think what I'm looking forward to in that film is obviously Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock because that's awesome. I would love to see him face off against Tom Holland uh, one day. I really hope they do. I really hope the third one they do like the the symbiote king, like the King in Black, uh, Null with a K. I really hope they do, but there'll be a lot of like exposition and a lot of like setting up towards like the king in black i just i just can't see them doing it in this movie and then having the third movie about null even though it's like a massive it's a massive event at the moment I, i'm yeah there's still i think it's over now in like the comics but it's still like super it's still like really interesting as well because like symbiotes are obviously like no not obviously but they're like this alien species that um, latch on to humanity or a species and then like they don't actually can they're not actual people they're like you know they're you know created from symbiosis or something anyway they latch on and they become like super super tough so yeah uh, a- anyway <laughs> the um yeah it'd be cool to see like null it'd be cool if they could piggyback off that like success of the comics because it's massive it'd be cool if they could piggyback off the comics and into like the movies but i doubt it it'll be like civil war like civil war came out in 2006 and the first iron man came out in 2000 and seven i want to say Seven because two thousand and nine or two thousand nine, two thousand ten was Iron Man two. I'm pretty sure. So it might have been two thousand and eight. Then I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But it was around then. So when I like finished reading um, the uh, Marvel like Civil War, it's like oh this is wild this is a, I think I've spoken about it before this is like a crazy event this is super crazy how can you have superhero against superhero and the villains just sit back chilling you know what I mean like this is, this is crazy it's like secret invasion as well it's like I can't why can't they see this coming you know there's so many plot twists it's crazy it's doing my head in and then the and then the Iron Man came out oh sorry Iron Man and I was like you know what there's going to be a Civil War movie in the next... I remember telling all my friends, eh? I was like, there's going to be a Civil War movie coming out and it's going to be about a superhero versus superhero, Captain America versus Iron Man. They're like, no, no way, man. No way, man. There's no way, man, that that movie will ever hit release date. There's no way that that movie will ever be released, man. There's no way you're going to have Iron Man versus Captain America, man. There's no way. They're two, like, highly selling products, man. You gotta mash them up together and try to make them face off and duel. That ain't cool, man. Sure enough. Sure enough. Man. Came out. It was epic. 
Yeah. It wasn't quite the story that the comic books was. I really like, I think the, the story in the comic books was like way too full on. Yeah. It was a lot like in like the, uh, Sokovia, um, event, the Sokovia act. That's like the, um, that's the act in the movie, the super superhuman registration act, the Sokovia initiative or something like that. And in the comic books, it's a Stanford initiative. And what happens at this, I think I I do remember speaking about this, but I'll, you know, we'll do another, we'll do another quick one. Um, And then like, so that's about, you know, Scarlet Witch and the Avengers and all those drop the, no. Yeah, yeah. So Scarlet Witch like tries to direct the explosion like out of the way of the civilians, but ends up like blowing up that building and ends up like killing that kid. And then the girls like, oh, I am Iron Man. You so crazy. You guys are so crazy. You kill my son. It's not very good for me. You need to do something about this. Somebody needs to be responsible. Somebody, please, somebody. I actually don't think she was Italian. <laughs> In my head, she's Italian, but I know she's like African-American and I know she does not speak like that. But um, yeah, for some reason, that's how I wanted to play that out. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so then... In the comics, so that's like the event that causes the initiative, right? So Scarlet Witch um, indirectly murders, you know, 10, 20 people, right? 10, 20 people. Bear that in mind, 10, 20 people, okay? And that forces, the, you know, the mum comes, goes to Iron Man and says, you know, like, you got to do this, you got to do this, and then that kicks it over, right? So in the comics... There's a mutant called Nitro, and he's part of a mutant band called the Marauders. Uh, you'll have to check me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's the Marauders. And they're like a rogue mutant faction, right? And there's the new mutants that are trying to um, trying to like stop them. Right, and this nitro guy has the ability to make himself explode. Hence the name nitro. Right, he can explode himself into like he can simulate an atomic bomb. Basically, that's like his like super duper power. And the new mutants, I think Speedball. I think it's Speedball. I want to say it's Speedball so bad, but um, I th- I feel like that's someone else. But anyway, speed, let's call him Speedball because I can't remember. It might be Speedbolt, but yeah, I think Speedball will do. So then like Speedball goes in for like the save and Nitro like goes in for like the killer shot and then Nitro's like, no, 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 not having that and blows himself up and he blows himself up and takes out an entire school. Yeah, I'll let that sink in. So, like, Scarlet Witch indirectly killed, like, 10, 20 people. This Nitro guy in the comic books killed a whole school. A whole school, man. A whole school. 
just in like the middle of the day, just like boom, boom, shakalaka. Just the whole school, man, just takes him out with his like super duper nitro ability, which is crazy. Not cool, nitro. Not cool, man. And then what happens is like Iron Man with Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man, because they're like buddy-buddy in the, the lead up to all this. And in general, they're pretty buddy-buddy. They um, they fly. They obviously take Tony Stark's personal jet. And I think at this point... Um, no, no, no. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Um, so then they fly to Stanford, right? In the US. They fly to Stanford. And then they go there to help. And all you can see is this massive crater of where this school was. It's devastating. It's not like a, a movie. Like I'm getting chills thinking about it. Like in the comic books, it's so devastating. Even it's not real. It's not even real. I'm not even I'm like, I don't know why I'm getting so upset about it, but it's like just for that much like impact, it was like frightful how like gritty and dark the Marvel universe just got for something that's so like happy go lucky and you know, is like beat the bad guy, get the girl, you know, all that kind of stuff. But in that like moment, it was like actual death, you know, like kids were gone, teachers were gone, a whole district, a whole schooling system was just gone. The drop of a hat like that, right? And it was like crazy. It was so like not the same as like the fluffy, even like Deadpool's dark, right? But it's not as dark as that moment was. Like there was no, there's not one moment where Deadpool murders like 150,000 kids, right? But in that moment, you know, like a whole school gets destroyed. And I think it's like, it's a lot. And then Iron Man has the realization. He's like, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to make so that there's got to be a register. There's got to be a way that we can help prevent these attacks and help. Basically saying like the same thing he says in Civil War to create like a police union of superhumans to stop rogue superhumans, right? And that was called the Stanford Act, Superhuman Registration Initiative. They still got the same one, right? And I think it's the Sokovia Initiative Superhuman Registration Act. And then it's the Stanford Initiative Superhuman Registration Act. But it's like, you know, crazy, crazy dramatic things happen. And it's, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it was so, I wasn't sure how they were going to pull that off in a movie. Like, there's no way that you can go from like these fluffy, like Thor movies and fluffy... Avengers and Captain America, even though they're dark and they're gritty and they take place in like a dark part of history, especially the Captain America one, you know, it takes place, takes place during a, a Nazi occupied Europe, but there's never a point where it gets really dark. And like in that moment, like I said, like there's not like every, every comic book and every comic book company chooses when to get dark and when to get dirty. And that's the theme. Right. But with Marvel, they always have like so many underlying layers. Like there's an underworld and then there's like 
um, it gets a little bit brighter. It gets a little bit brighter, and then you you know you're reading about Squirrel Girl or Miss Marvel. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a fluffier side to all the dark stuff. But in that one moment, in that one crossover, it was just so shattering. You know, because it was like uh, it would just it meant like the end of how superhumans are. You know, like that whole event changed how I read comic books. You know, because I no longer thought about them just saving the day. I thought about them. What's the impact of them on a day to day? That's why I was so interested in that limited uh, release they did called Marvel Snapshot, where they did it. It's about like the the first appearance of a lot of superheroes, but it's from the perspective of the bystander. I just think that's such a unique way to look at things. And like, that's how like smart, I think it was, I'd have to look up the writer cause I just can't remember off the top of my head, but he, he wrote like a lot of the Captain America series. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, it was just crazy to see that it just wasn't fluffy anymore. And like the, it just wasn't like, yeah, it just wasn't fluffy anymore, right? Eh? It was like this dark, dirty, horrible circumstance. I think that's what made it even crazier, was that it was just... Yeah. Anyway, this is like an event that happened um, 15, 14 years ago. 15 years ago now. But it still like holds a very special place. I think they did a Civil War two as well, which was much more muchness. But the first one is always going to have the... Because I think that was, like, one of the biggest, like, crossovers as well. Like, it really got every universe involved. Like, there was, like, Fantastic Four, Avengers, like, X-Men, New Mutants, Old Mutants, Young Avengers, like, Thunderbolts, like, Cable and Deadpool even had, like, a limited um, Civil War thing. So it was, like... Um... Everyone, everyone was involved. And I think that's what made it like even better is that for the, for one, it was almost like for like a year. No, nah, it wasn't a year. It was probably about six months, but for like six months, there was like no other series coming out. Just everything, everything was connected to civil war. You know, like there was so many ins and outs and ups and downs stories. Like there's even like a cool like story where it's like, um, it's like part of the Tony Stark story where he like goes to Kingpin for like help to like track down, um, superheroes, like superheroes that have gone underground. Like he wants the Kingpin's contacts and that that's just wild. And there's like a character that came out of, um, the, the series called Underworld and he was like a super underrated character. He was cool. He had like decent development and was like a super tough dude. What was his name? Um, uh, Jackie, Jackie Dio. And he, he was called Underworld and he was basically out of prison, tough guy, um, worked for Fisk and wanted to like get back to get to basically get back to what he was doing. And he just got like the poo kicked out of him by all these superhumans with all these like advancements and stuff. And cause it's like civil war going on. There's like so much, like there's like super soldier serum for sale, adamantium bullets, like super, all these super high tech gadgets. And he's just like this old tough guy that like, you know, that didn't need all that stuff. And then he gets like, 
he goes to do this job for someone and he indirectly gets like a healing factor. And then he indirectly gets, um, in, he gets like really beaten up and a doctor like injects him and it's, he gets, um, injected with, um, like super soldier serum. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or something like that. And, you know, and then he gets, uh, given these handguns that shoot adamantium bullets, you know, like he gets like given all this stuff and then he go, just goes from being like this tough dude, this tough like mobster to like an even tougher mobster. He like faces off with the Punisher and everything. Like it's cool. Even like the Punisher's like, oh, like, oh, oh my gosh. Like it's so dark. Like the Punisher even has, this is how like dark the Punisher is, like realistically. So like, if you don't know the Punisher's story, it basically goes, he was a, a, an army or special forces um, retiree or an FBI informant, whatever like storyline you want to believe. But what, what happens at the end of the day is that his whole family is killed. His whole family, it's like wife, two kids or uh, wife, one kid, you know, however. And it either takes place in a picnic or if you like the Tom Jane movie, it takes place in Costa Rica where the, every family member gets killed and he is literally the only one left. Or it's um, the, you know, they get shot up in a park, like the Dolph Lundgren one. Yeah. There are people that don't realize there was a Dolph Lundgren Punisher that came out in the uh, uh, late 80s, which was actually, like, decent. It was actually cool because it was, like, the first time I ever saw, like, a heavy machine gun, like a M60-looking thing with, like, a grenade launcher attachment. I was like, this is so unnecessary, but this is so Dolph Lundgren. You know, like, yeah, it was awesome. It was cool. Um, remember when Dolph Lundgren did like those series of like really, really, they just, they were just movies that sucked, but they were like awesome because Dolph Lundgren's like so cool. Yeah. After I'll, I'll keep it in mind. I might have to bring it next week. Um, I'll try and remember the name of the movie. Um, but yeah, so there was like a Dolph Lundgren movie and then there was the Punisher, with John Travolta and Tom Jane, which I, I like that one. I really like that one. But there's no way that Tom Jane looks 54 in that movie. He's meant to be like a 54, 55-year-old man. Like, it just doesn't work. Uh, even Dolph Lundgren, like, really, that doesn't work either. But, it's you know, it's awesome either way. And um, then there was Ray Winston. No. Is it Ray Winston? He played Titus Pulo. In um, Rome. Ray someone. Ray Winston. No, Ray, Ray, Ray. Um, I'll remember. Anyway, that was Punisher Warzone and that came out. And that was pretty good, but that was like super, super gruesome. Like, it was just like, that was more about showcasing how brutal the Punisher was more than like actual like storyline. Yeah, the storyline was okay, but it wasn't like... Super, it is Ray Winston. No, nah, who is it? Ray Stevenson. It's Ray Stevenson. Played Titus Pullo in Rome. Um, and he played the Punisher. He played the, like, the Frank Castle. And his was pretty good. But like I said, it was more, like, based on how graphic and violent, like, Frank was and, like, how violent his characters were and how violent they became in that. And, but that had the truest rendition of Jigsaw. 
like uh, Billy the Butte, who became Jigsaw. Um, and that was, oh gosh, what's wrong with me today? I cannot think. Eh? Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Dominic Cooper. Oh, is it Dominic Cooper? I'm like second guessing myself. I never do this. I'm usually like quite certain that it's a character. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, can I just say thanks for like nerding out with me, guys. Thanks for have, letting my like um, my geekiness show because it's not often I get to talk about Civil War and stuff. Obviously, you guys don't really get too much of a choice because you have to sit there and listen to it. But if you find it interesting and it gets you to pick up a comic book, then I'm, I'm cool with that. Eh? Like, it's really awesome. Um, and it's got cool pictures. I think that's like the greatest thing to about it. Enjoy about like a lot of like the older style comics is that the stories are cool and they're dramatic and the pictures are awesome. It's good to see like words come to life because like I've, I do have a vivid imagination, but I would rather I, I need an, an, an idea to work off <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Things like Deadpool are just crazy ideas to work off. Anyway, then there was the Ray Stevenson. And then I think it was everyone's favorite Punisher. There was a third one in the works for ages for like Tom Jane to come back as Punisher. Actually, Tom Jane did come back in this short movie called Dirty Laundry where he just beats up guys as the Punisher, which was super sick. I thought that was going to be the teaser to like the next Punisher movie, but uh, it ended up just being like a kind of fan-made thing. Who did the... Um, mm, I can't remember Alexander someone she did she directed uh, Green Street Hooligans and she was going to do the next Punisher film I think mm, no she did Warzone that's right she did Warzone uh, Heather Alexander I think uh, I think um, and then um, and then the TV show came out with John Barenthal and I think that is like probably the most oh he came out in Daredevil first and that was sick that was like his Punisher he really nailed it because he was the right kind of crazy and he looks he doesn't look 50 but he looks like the timeline like syncs up a lot better but he moves a lot like how Tom Jane was moving in the first Punisher film like it was really really fluid in like um the Warzone one, it was like way too, yeah, it was just way, way too tactical. Like it was like super, super tactical to the point where it was like overkill. And I'm not saying, cause I do enjoy the film. I do really like the film. Um, I was, like I still watch it and I still enjoy it, but you don't get the feel that he was in like the SAS. You just think he was just like this one man wrecking crew. And like with, the Thomas Jane one, he does get hurt a lot. And then in the, the war zone one, like he gets hurt, but it just doesn't have the same gravity. Like even though he's hurt, it doesn't look like it. He looks, he looks tougher than all the guys, even like Jigsaw who has like a cut up face. Like he looks so tough, like Ray Stevenson's version of the Punisher. He just looks so, yeah, he just looks so unbeatable, you know what I mean? Like, he looks too badass, you know? And then, like, the John Berenthal one is just, like, crazy good. I think a lot of his stuff is similar to um, kind of the Punisher that came out in later years. I think it was it was just called The Punisher. But um, it, was a, it was a cool release because it was... Um, it was when the it went made the transition from like cartoony sketches to like graphic novel like 
Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and um, his version, their version of Billy the Boot was pretty good. But there was like the FBI or Internal Affairs or Interpol agent that was just like not a very good actor, which really didn't do much for me. But that's okay because she was still like, she was decent and she played a role, but it didn't go beyond that. You know, yeah. I think that was in season two, actually. But yeah, so he was introduced in Daredevil and then he had his own spin-off series, which hopefully gets another run. Hopefully he gets another shot to be the Punisher because I think he really enjoyed it from what I've read and seen of and everyone really enjoys it as well. Like, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a really good... um, Yeah, it was a really good portrayal. I think I liked him more in Daredevil where everyone was just trying to lock him down like, because he's just so... Can't be tamed. He's like Miley Cyrus, you know, like, just in, in like, 2010. Like, couldn't be tamed. (laughs) Can't be tamed. Yeah. But anyway, we'll um, move on to something else. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just keep talking about Marvel because it's so great. I mean, I I hate to sound like such like a fanboy of Marvel, but it's just so good. There's so many good things that are going to like evolve and come to fruition throughout the whole like Marvel universe that I've said it before that a lot of people that um, were like watching like the cartoons and reading like the comics, like in the early days, even like in the eighties and like the seventies when they were big, like watching all those characters like come to life and come to fruition is just so it's such a such an incredible thing you know like it's it it's similar to how you would have seen like the James Bond books like when you read them and then you see those characters and those situations and those crazy like spy gadgets like come to life like it's such a it's such a surreal kind of feeling but um yeah it's great I can't wait. I can't wait for the next moves of Marvel. Even, like, moving forward without Stan Lee, I don't think it's going to get... I think Kevin Feige just got, like, the kind of right idea of, like, where the the kind of cinematic universe needs to, needs to go. As far as the comics go, like, I think they all, like, kind of started working independently without Stan Lee's influence um, pretty cohesively, like... By themselves, like they all, like all the editors and all the editors in chief, they all kind of just do their job anyway. They already have the vision, like it, it never skewed too much or like from what like Stanley like wants from from the comics. He just wants you know, just wants to entertain and create these superheroes that can somehow be relatable in everyday life. That's what I think is the best thing about Marvel. Like, you know, banging on like a Marvel fanboy. But I think the best thing about it is that although there's some made up places, it's still like Earth and it's still like New York City or it's still like Stanford, you know, like it's it's still San Francisco and all those kind of places. Like it's real places with I mean, Genosha is not real and Sokovia is not real. And um, what's the one that Cable like takes over? I almost say Kazakhstan, but it's Kazakhstan or something like that. Um, oh, what's the name of that country that they make up? 
Anyway, um, Rumekistan. Rumekistan. Yeah, the Eastern European country of Rumekistan, which sounds real. Like, it sounds like a legitimate country. And I'm pretty confident it's not. But, um, yeah, because, you know, we've dead police constantly breaking the fourth wall and just tells everybody that it's a fake country and that we just made it up. And we're all okay with it. We're all okay with it, really. Um, yeah. So I've been watching, like, a lot of... Um, just a lot of videos, really, on, like, stuff. I watched... Um, what did I watch? I watched... Um, it's similar to, like, last week. I was watching, like, life hack videos, and it got me onto like, a lot of people just reviewing other people's food. And it's it's this crazy thing that for some reason we just really want to see people's reactions. Like seeing people's reactions of things is entertaining other than actually watching the product. Like someone reacting to, you know, a beloved character on Game of Thrones is like appealing for some people to watch instead of the actual show, which is crazy. Isn't it like, isn't that why you watch the show and you watch it with your friends to get their reactions? And then you film the reaction and post the reaction and then get people interested in your own reaction of it. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe it. I can't believe that that's like the, the crazy like internet world we, um, we kind of live in where we have to um, gauge each other's Reactions, And that's like the content. The core content is like someone going, oh, wow, no way. Is that what he did? You know, it's like getting someone's feelings like in that moment. It's such a precious moment as well when you react a certain way or react uh, either positive or negative. Yeah, it's very odd. It's a very, very odd little world we live in at the moment, but it's okay. Um, by the time this episode kind of comes out, um, you probably, you may or may not notice on my social media, it'll be like way more active because, uh, regrettably, uh, we're actually in a, in a lockdown. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, my lockdown, like viewing went weird already, you know, like the last lockdown we had, I'm not going to talk about COVID. I'll just talk about what happened in lockdown, right? So the last lockdown, it was um, just like a lot of like video games and hanging out with the little one and stuff like that and hanging out with the missus and just trying to do stuff to like fill the time up and hopefully get back to normal. And then like last night I was like watching telly and th- this time I'm in like, excuse me, uh, a much better headspace to go into a lockdown than it's only a short one this time, hopefully. Um, but I'm in a much better headspace now than I was uh, when we first had it. And I think uh, this one will be fine, I think. Um, and <laughs> like already my my viewing has already got skewed, like I said. You know, like it's last night I watched for half an hour, I watched a dude um, do like a live DJ set in like a sushi restaurant. <laughs> And it was, it wasn't a bad set. Like I've been like, uh, as you guys, as you guys know, I've been like super into like dance music and it was like cool, like minimal house and stuff. And it, it was like pretty good. 
Yeah, I was amazed actually how long I I like held in there for of just this dude doing a DJ set in in a sushi restaurant. And it was wild because it was like just it was set up in front of like the kitchen. The kitchen had like a glass display so you could see in the kitchen. And everyone was dancing and driving, so it wasn't like a pre-recorded thing and it wasn't like a film clip. He was actually like pumping the tunes out in like, oh, they did it really, really well. Because <laughs> like everyone was dancing, even the guys in the background were dancing. Um, I can't remember the guys that was Barack, um, Barack Yetson or something like that. And it was a solid set, eh? It was, it was not bad. I recommend... Um, checking out. It was called like Sushi Session or something like that. And it was like a cool... Yeah, it was so cool. It was such a cool thing to see because I'd never seen anyone perform like music around... Like, no, I've I've seen people perform music around food. I shouldn't say that. But I I haven't seen someone perform like a live DJ set (laughs) in like... Um, at uh, a sushi restaurant. It was so strange, but it was so... It's like exactly what I needed to see. Like I really wanted to... I didn't know how much I wanted to see that until I actually seen someone um, perform in a sushi restaurant. Isn't that so strange? But it was good. I mean, like I'm not knocking the set. It was a cool set. He had like a bit of justice and like... Um, there was another cool song in there. There was, um, a bit of hot chip as well. Like it was cool. It was banging. Yeah. Whenever I hear this song, like, um, it's called, we are your friends. It's justice. I think it's justice in Simeon mobile disco. Whenever I hear like the, the bit, the, we are your friends bit. It's just like, yeah, it's such a good song. It reminds me so much of my youth. Like when that song came out and it was so, so big. It's amazing. It didn't get like hottest 100 of that year. Um, it was such a good song, eh? And there's so many like remixes to it now. Like it's so good. I'm not. I, I don't mind like a, a good remix. I actually heard like a decent one the other day. It was a um, "Losing My Religion" by Right Eye Movement. Look, the Right Eye Movement, man. Um, uh, by Steve Aoki, I think it was. Yeah, and someone else. And then um. Uh, excuse me, just a bit, um, I'm lockdown tired, you know, you know how it is. Um, and, and I don't know if you can tell, but you might be able to tell is that I'm getting sick or rather I am sick. I've got like a horrible, I'm um, like super nasally. I've got like a sore throat. I've got a headache. I haven't got the body aches yet, but it's coming. I had a rough week at jiu-jitsu. Like, it was a good week. It was good fun. It was awesome. But I got, like, a... I copped, like, a 6 to 12 elbow. If you don't know what that is, then put your elbow where 6 o'clock would be on a round clock and then move it to 12. Like, that's the elbow I copped. Like, right in the... Right in the cheekbone and the eye. So that really hurt. And I got, like, a bruised... A bruised ear. And I'm not going to, like, bang about... Bang on about my injuries and stuff. But I got, like, this bruised ear... And, like, it won't, but it, I, f- I feel like it's going to cauliflower <laughs> at some point. I'm not keen. I'm not keen for that. I don't really want cauliflower. I was talking to my friend earlier, and um, I'm not keen. Not keen at all to get a cauliflower here. 
because then I've got to make the commitment or I've got to commit to like draining my ears, which is gross, or commit to like full-time like jujitsu and full-time like fighting. Because like if you get one cauliflower ear, then what's the... You may as well get another one. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in half cock. Just go in all or nothing, man. Hey, may as well get it done. Um, yeah. But, you know, look, I'm just super sore. So, like, a lockdown is, like, I'm okay with it because I'm sick. Like, I want to recover. I don't like working. I shouldn't say that I work when, when I'm sick, but a lot of people choose in hospitality because the the employment pool is so small in hospitality of people that will work and want to work. It's so small that it's, um, yeah, they don't want to work. It's, so you just go to work, you know. I've had so many, I've had so much emodium <laughs> in my lifetime, <laughs> which is like um, a gastro stop and then like going to work, you know, because you just do what you have to do to get it done. It's such a strange mentality, hospitality mentality is that like, no matter what the circumstances, you have to serve. No matter what. You could be having the worst day of your life and there's not many too many... There's not too many situations where you would just call it. The, the couple of times... The one time that I called in sick at this one place and then I was actually hospitalized because I had uh, gastro so bad that um, I was so dehydrated that I needed to stay on a drip for like... Um, for 24 hours or oh, maybe not 24 hours but it was like a long time and then I was like recovering the next day and I called it happened on my day off and I called in sick and I, I remember my wife like called up and said oh look Stefan's like just got out of hospital he um, just needs a day to recover um, he's probably not gonna he, he won't be able to come in tomorrow and like the guy's response was like well I guess I'll do it I guess I have to do it then Tell him not to worry. I'll, I'll do it. And then Jess is like, well, well, there's not much I can do. Like, he, he, he's in hospital. Like, he's just come out of hospital. Like, I'm sorry. And, you know, this guy has been a right proper, like, twat. And I just, I just grabbed the phone off her and said, I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow. I'll just see you today. I'll be there tomorrow. He was like, yeah, good. It was no thank you. No, like, it was so, like abusive <laughs> on like your personal relationships being in hospitality. Cause like, I don't know. It's such an all or nothing industry. Hey, eh? like you have to give it your all. You can't go, you can't give, you can't be in hospitality and just care half, you know, it's either you don't care or you do care. You can't like half care and half not care. You know, like you can't pick and choose when you want to be, when you want to be a really good chef. Right. Because it doesn't work like that. Because everybody comes in, you know, in a lot of places, everybody comes in for dinner, right? So you can't have like one day. Because the, the trick to being good in hospitality is being very, very, very consistent. So if you're, you have to be consistently good all the time. If you're like, uh, you know, I wasn't feeling too good, so I didn't feel like seasoning. And that's not good enough, eh? Because then that person's going to, like, leave and go, well, I'm not coming back because my steak wasn't seasoned. I'm not going to come back when my pasta tasted like nothing. You know what I mean? So you have to be, like, super consistent and super on top of your own personal stuff. And you have to have that in that ability to just leave it, leave it all behind and go into work. Mm. It's a crazy world, hospitality.
All right, this is it. We've made it. You've made it through nearly 50 minutes of of this here episode. Eh? And look, I thank you all. I thank you all for hanging in there and choosing this podcast and listening to it. And I want you to know that every every view and every listen helps helps me out that little bit and helps me, you know, be able to sift through you know, what episodes work and what episodes don't work and like what content you guys want to hear and like what, what stories, you know, resonate well with you guys. That's why it's good to leave reviews as well, or even, you know, go to the old, uh, my mind with Stefan Taylor Facebook page and or group on Facebook and, and, uh, review it in there or even leaving a five star review on iTunes and subscribing and following on, uh, Instagram, which is uh, My Mind Podcast with No Vowels, which is M-Y-M-N-D-P-D-C-S-T, or even sending an email to mymindpodcast at gmail.com. You know, all those like little things that you do help me like really curate a journey into uh, making this podcast bigger and better for future future views, as it were. Um, yeah. I don't know. I know I say I'm a lot and I'm working on it. All right, guys, I get it. I say I'm a lot. I get it. But sometimes like my brain goes faster than my mouth, which is like pretty incredible, really, because my uh, my mouth moves pretty, pretty quick, 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 quick in uh, quick, quick, hot fire succession. But look, no, in all honesty, if, if you are enjoying the show, give us a five-star review. I really appreciate it on uh, iTunes or wherever. I think you can find this podcast wherever now. I'm everywhere. I'm global. I'm universal, I think, almost at this point. So enjoy your week, and I'll be back with another episode on Sunday or later this week. Probably tomorrow. I'll do one tomorrow. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see how we go. We'll see how the week's looking. I'm in lockdown right now, so I've got a lot of time. So, yeah. Anyway, enjoy your week. Stay safe and be well, as it were. <laughs>